Join me for the reading of God's word, which comes from Genesis 1. This is the genial... I lied. It's from Matthew 1. (laughs) That's the only mistake I make today. Great. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amenadab, Amenadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. And now from Joshua 2, verses 1 through 14. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan, and as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Shihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family, because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us this land. This is the word of the Lord. Well, hello and good morning, WCPC. My name's Tommy Branna, and I'm one of the pastors here. And while I'm disappointed to be joining you via video, I am thrilled to be opening up God's Word with you as we continue on in week two of our Advent series, Rough Roots, Beautiful Branches, A Complicated Christmas Story. And really what this whole series is about is how Jesus's family tree helps us understand who he is and the work that he came to do. And we're doing that by diving into these really complex stories of those who are a part of his lineage. And this week, my wife Megan and I actually kicked off one of our Christmas traditions, which is diving into Christmas movies. And we started where we always start, which is with A Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, I would actually argue that A Muppet Christmas Carol is the best version of A Christmas Carol. I think it's just the perfect blend of silliness and then that beautiful story that Charles Dickens wrote. 
Kids, uh, I know you're with us today. It's Family Sunday. Thank you so much for joining us. We love having you here in the sanctuary with us. And I would just say, if you've never seen A Muppet Christmas Carol, ask your parents to make some popcorn and have a family movie night because it's such a just delightful movie to watch. But as I was watching it this week, I was really thinking about this series and this sermon because in so many ways, uh, the story of A Christmas Carol is the perfect encapsulation of what Rough Roots Beautiful Branches is all about. In The Christmas Carol, we meet somebody who is a rough root. Ebenezer Scrooge is a gnarly old geezer. He's mean, he's selfish, he is greedy, and yet the beauty of that story is that despite his rough roots, there's still hope for him. Transformation is possible. There's a new future that he's able to live into. Really, it's a story of grace. And truly, in this series, what we see over and over and over again is how God works in and through stories of some pretty rough characters to give new futures and to weave them into his larger redemption story. And that's exactly what we see today in the story of Rahab. Uh, as we look at Joshua 2 today, I really want to highlight three themes that are going to help us understand the story of rough roots and beautiful branches. And here are those three themes that we're going to look at. The first is this. It's that all people, no matter how rough their roots, are invited into God's family. The second one is that Jesus can transform our present and our future. And the third one is that we can trust Jesus with our stories. Now, before we get into those themes, let's just talk a little bit about what's happening in Joshua chapter 2. The book of Joshua is actually sort of a pivot in the Old Testament story. It's a moving into a new chapter of God's work. Joshua is the sixth book of the Old Testament. And really, the first five books of the Old Testament have been the story of how this promise that God made to Abraham, that he would one day give him this um, family that grows into a nation, uh, has culminated. So at the end of Deuteronomy, we see that the people of Israel are a million people strong and they're getting ready to enter into the promised land, this land that God has promised to Israel. And so in Joshua, Joshua, who is the leader of the Israelite people, is now preparing to lead them into the promised land, which God had promised them. And the first battle that they're going to have is in the city of Jericho. And that's a city where Rahab lives. And what scripture makes clear is that this conquest is both a fulfillment of God's promise to Israel. This is God keeping his word that he gave to Abraham generations before. But it is also God's judgment on the people living in Jericho. In fact, when God made the promise to Abraham that his family would one day inherit this land, he told Abraham that he actually would have to wait generations, that it would be hundreds of years until his family moved into this land because the current inhabitants were not yet deserving of God's judgment, but that one day they would be and that God would use the Israelite people to judge them by casting them out of the land. And that's the time that has come here in the book of Joshua. So in our stories, they're preparing for for battle, Joshua sends some spies into Jericho to get the lay of the land. And when they're in the city, they stay with this woman named Rahab. Now, uh, Rahab most likely runs almost like an inn. I think she's somebody who would not be unusual to have travelers or visitors to the city come stay in her home. And we also know that there are some other services provided in this inn as well, which is all we really need to say on Family Sunday. But in a huge surprise, 
Rahab actually offers help to these spies. She hides them from the leaders of Jericho. Uh, she sends the people from Jericho off on the wrong trail as they're trying to find these Israelite spies. And she does all of this at great risk to herself. And the reason she does this is remarkable. It's because of what she believes about God. Uh, there's this incredible exchange between Rahab and the Israelite spies where she says this. She basically says, I know how God freed you all from Egypt. I know how he cared for you in the wilderness, and I know that he will be with you when you come against us in battle. And let me just reread a little bit of our passage today because uh, Rahab has this unbelievable confession of faith. Here's what she says. She says, For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. I mean, this is really unbelievable. And the spies hear this from Rahab, they receive her help, they hear her confession of faith, and they agree. They say, yes, we will protect you. When we come against you in battle, here are the things that you need to do. Uh, tie this cord across your window so we know not to attack this apartment. And you know, you and your whole family who are in here will be kept safe. And a couple chapters later, we see that that's exactly what happens. When the battle takes place, the Israelites come and they rescue Rahab's family. Now, we don't actually know uh, Rahab's future beyond this from the book of Joshua. They, we don't get a lot of details. So it's not actually until Jesus' genealogy in Matthew chapter 1 that we discover that Rahab actually marries an Israelite man, uh, that she marries Solomon and becomes a part of Jesus' lineage. That's a little tidbit that we have to wait hundreds of years to find out until we get to Matthew. But it's this really remarkable story of Rahab um, becoming a part of the lineage of Jesus. And so now let's return to those three themes that I mentioned up top. And here's the first one. It's that all people, no matter how rough their roots, are invited into God's family. You know, we don't live in a world that looks very kindly on rough roots. In fact, so much of our world is predicated on hiding our rough edges. We are taught to cultivate resumes, to show our good side, to only post the perfect IG photos with filters that can hide whatever we don't want seen. Or, to put this another way, you know, there's almost no faster way to ruin a family get-together than to bring up some of the family's rough roots. They're just things we don't like to talk about or think about. We like to hide those things away. But in the Bible, what we see in this series, what we see in this story, is actually something so different. We see real honesty about people's rough roots. The Bible does not shy away. It does not sugarcoat. It doesn't excuse. It lays bare the reality of our lives. But it doesn't just put people's business out there in the streets to make a spectacle of them or to shame them. This isn't like TMZ trying to get attention through salacious details. No, instead what we see is an honest accounting of messy people with messy stories who are invited into God's story. We saw that last week in the text that Matt preached, and we see that again with Rahab. So let's just name a few of Rahab's rough roots. First, Rahab is a person on the margins. She doesn't have power or status, and we know this because of her profession. If she was a person who had any influence or power or status, she would not be in that line of work. So that means that she's the kind of person whose story often goes untold. 
and honestly, like rarely the kind of person whose story you would expect to find in the pages of scripture. Uh, another one of Rahab's rough roots, she is a prostitute. And we know that that's a life that can come with shame and trauma and social stigma. But perhaps the most striking part of her story, perhaps her roughest root, is the fact that she is a member of a people who is under God's judgment. She is a part of a community that has opposed God and who actually is going to continue to oppose God right up to the bitter end as they engage in this battle with the Israelites. And yet what's so amazing about this is that Rahab's rough roots don't preclude her from having a different future. You know, you could imagine a version of Joshua 2, of Joshua 2 where Rahab encounters these spies and she asks for help and she gets a reply something along these lines. She could have heard, you know, I'm sorry, someone like you isn't welcome in this story. You are not important enough or pure enough or you're not from the right family or the right city or you have the wrong job or don't you know that God has judged your people? But that isn't what happens. Instead, Rahab is welcomed, rough roots and all. And to be clear, this isn't unique to Rahab. As you read through the Old Testament, you see story after story of people presented with all of their warts. These are people with rough roots, roots that have cracked some sidewalks and busted some pipes. They're gnarly. But you can really go down every name in Jesus' genealogy and you will find some things that would seem to be reason to disqualify them from being recipients of God's grace or being a part of his plans. And yet here they all are, a part of the lineage of Jesus himself. So what we see is that God's grace and mercy are bigger than whatever baggage we can bring. And this is such a wonderful gift. It means that we are welcome to come to God with all of who we are the good, the bad, and the ugly. It means we don't have to put together a resume for God. We don't need to figure out a good story to explain the gaps in our unemployment. Uh, there's no need to worry about what a background check might turn up. All of us is welcome before God. So bring your rough roots. And that leads to the second big idea, which is that Jesus can transform our present and our future. You know, in Rahab's story, we see the beautiful branches emerge from her rough roots in two different ways, or I should say along two different timelines. The first is in the timeline of her own life. It's in her own story. You know, I don't want to romanticize uh, Rahab's story. There is a lot of pain and difficulty and hardship in her life. Rahab, uh, in the midst of the book of Joshua, becomes a refugee from a city that is destroyed by war. Her community, the one that she has spent her whole life among, is gone. And that's not to mention the trauma and pain that she undoubtedly carries from her profession. So Rahab carries a lot of hardship in her life. And yet, at the same time, her plea for mercy, her request for grace from God, is heard. And the generosity that's extended to her to save her from Jericho, to welcome her into Israel, is actually extended to her wider family. So she gets to bring her family unit into Israel and out of the destruction of Jericho with her, which is really just a, a beautiful gift. And what's so cool is that they are not just welcomed into Israel as second-class citizens. They don't just kind of become like a tag-along in the community, but they actually get integrated, welcomed in. They become a part of the family. Right? What we see is that Rahab gains a whole new community, a new family. She marries Solomon, 
uh, it's a whole new future for her. And so what we see is Rahab experiencing God's grace within her own story, in her own life. Beautiful branches emerge. So that's kind of the first timeline where we see that take place. But then if we zoom out and take the long view, we also see how God worked across time to grow something beautiful out of her story. She enters into the lineage of Jesus. She is a key part of the story of God's plan for redemption for the whole world. And again, this is something we see over and over again in scripture, how God works in the midst of our lives, uh, both in the here and now and in the long term to bring forth beauty from brokenness. And I think this is really uh, kind of two essential things that we hope you would hear from this series, right? One, that God offers you hope and a future for your life right now. God can birth beautiful branches in your life here and now. You know, one of the things that you uh, are privileged with as a pastor is a look into people's lives whether it's through prayer requests or conversations or notes that they send you, you're kind of invited into the painful moments of people's circumstances. And so the reality is, I can say right now, is that there are a lot of us here in this congregation who are walking through some difficult circumstances. Many of us are grappling with some of the pain of our larger family stories, maybe things that have been passed down through the generations. Uh, a lot of us have some really challenging circumstances that are happening right now in broken relationship or family members who have just some tough situations going on. And I know that a lot of us carry fears for the future. And without wanting to minimize any of those very real challenges, we do wanna offer the sense of hope that we believe in a God who works in and through challenging circumstances. We believe in a God who can overcome rough roots to bring healing and restoration and transformation in the here and now. God can produce beautiful branches in your life. And that is just such a wonderful hope to rest in. But we also believe that you can trust your legacy to God. And I really think this is so cool. You know, I'm a kind of a sports junkie. And one of the things I find fascinating in sports is how central legacy is. There are endless debates about which player is the greatest, which team is the greatest, who should be in the Hall of Fame, who shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, who should get a statue. We are deeply invested in legacies. And this isn't just athletes. You know, I think all of us to some extent want to know that we're being seen the right way and that the story being told about us is a good one. And in particular, we hope that we will be remembered well when we're gone. And what we see here is that as a person of faith, we actually entrust our legacies to God. Look at what God does with Rahab's legacy. There is nothing that she could have dreamed of or engineered. She could never have known that she was going to become a part of this larger story of God's plan of redemption for the world. And yet, this is how God has woven her into his story. This is how he has carried her legacy. Now, obviously, the learning here is not that God will make each of us a part of Jesus' family tree, too. Uh, that ship has sailed. But we are a part of his larger story of redemption. We are a part of the work that he is doing in this world. We can trust him with our legacy, which I think is just such a beautiful truth to rest in. So given all that, what does this mean for us? What should we do? Those of us who have rough roots, but who would love to see Jesus bring some beautiful branches in the here and now and far into the future, uh, 
how, how does that impact the way that we live? Well, here again, we can look to Rahab and to her legacy to direct us. You know, Rahab is not just remembered in the genealogy of Jesus, but she's also mentioned in two different New Testament letters. In the book of Hebrews, Rahab is commended for her faith, for believing in God even when her whole community did not. And in the book of James, she is commended for the actions that she took, for acting on that faith that she had, and for hiding the spies and helping them out. And I think this just gives us a simple and beautiful example to follow. Rahab had faith that God was who he said he was. She believed, and because of that belief, she trusted her story to God. She put it in his hands. So she was willing to help the spies and to cast her lot with the Israelites because of the faith she had in the God of the universe and the works that he had done. And we can do the same thing. We can be people who build our hope on Jesus. You know, Advent is a season of hope. It's the time where we focus on the longing that we have for God's redemption of the world. It's a time where we remind each other week by week, candle by candle, that we are casting our lot with God, that our hopes are tied up in him, that we are people who are bringing, uh, we are bringing him our rough roots, our complex stories, and trusting that he can weave beautiful branches out of them, that he can tell a better story, one of healing and redemption and transformation. And we can stand confidently on this because we know that he has done it before. And our hope is that he will do the same for us. So let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are a God who welcomes all people, no matter how rough their roots or unlikely their story may be. Thank you that we can bring all of our baggage to you, that we don't have to put together a perfect resume, but instead we can just come honestly. And Jesus, we do ask that you would be uh, just weaving beautiful things out of our stories, that you would be bringing healing and transformation, that you would be producing a future for us that we could have never imagined for ourselves. Fill us with hope. Give us the courage to act um, out of that faith and hope, Lord, and use us to make beautiful branches in this world for your kingdom. We love you so much. Amen.